Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Hello, happy new year, happy all the things, and welcome to this week's episode of Coach Taku. This week, Christina and I are going to be covering two, well, one of our favorite, all-time favorites, and if you heard our bonus episodes, you'll know which one we're talking about. And of course, it's Avatar. And look, Avatar is a huge series. It has so many different aspects and facets to it. But the one area that we're going to look at is the coaching relationship between General Iroh and Zuko. And that's a really cool and interesting conversation because for, as you, if you've heard the bonus, you know that both Christina and I think that General Iroh should be our coach. And uh, we want to start out with talking about what uh, coaching looks like. Like, what is coaching actually? What is it not? And how do you know when you're in a coaching conversation? Start by distinguishing what is coaching and what is not coaching. So in coaching, there's this analogy that I love to use, and that actually stole from Paul. So shout out to Paul for this. But it's about a car. So if you drive, and you'll understand this analogy, but imagine that you're in the driver's seat of a car. Imagine that the consultant is like your GPS unit it's really prescriptive and it tells you go straight, go left, turn here, you've reached your destination. Well, that's why you would hire a consultant is to tell you exactly what you need to do and how you need to get there. Therapy is like looking in the past rearview mirror. And that's how I like to compare it because you're really looking at the whole journey of how to got, you got to where you are right now. So you're looking at the potholes, the bumps, the accidents, all that journey and you're really discovering the journey as you are in the present moment. And then the coach is really like that side, that annoying side seat driver who's like, hey, where are we going? And expects you to know the answer, expects you to know how to get there. And then just checks in from time to time. Hey, is that really where you wanted to go? Because I thought we were going to turn left here or you haven't started the car. I thought we were going to get there an hour ago. So that's what the coaching partnership is like. It's really someone who's going to hold you accountable. It's really a a partnership. It's a support structure to help to get you to where you want to go. And actually, um, it looks at all the different things that are getting in your way as to why you're not getting to that final destination. Yeah. And so one thing that's really exciting about taking, like talking about what coaching is versus other service professions is I don't know if I could name another series like Avatar, The Last Airbender, that has two characters that model a coaching relationship. And so real quick, like like Mary and I said, we've talked about the series before, but in case anyone has no idea what we're talking about, Avatar, The Last Airbender follows the story of Aang, who is the master of all elements. So this is a world where you can move fire, water, earth, or air. And there's one person who has the ability to master all the elements. And it's the story of Aang's journey to save the world. 
However, for the purpose of this episode, we're not actually spending any time with Aang. We're spending time with the main antagonist originally of the series, and we'll talk about who he is by the end of it. But we're talking about Prince Zuko. And where Zuko fits into this conversation is he's the client. So at the start of this coaching journey, Zuko is the prince of the Fire Nation. He's actually been banished. So he has embarrassed his father, he's been banished, and he's looking to regain his honor and his standing with his family. And so he's decided that the best way to do that is to capture the Avatar and prove himself. Along his journey comes with him his uncle, General Iroh. And Iroh, for the purpose of this episode, is serving in the role of coach. And so uh, what's really fun about this is we're going to get to talk about all of the ways that Iroh coaches Zuko. And we're also going to look into some of the places that maybe Iroh missed opportunities or perhaps even dove into something other than coaching and the impact that that has on Zuko's development. So this is going to be super fun. And we've never done an episode quite like this before. So if you want us to do more where we pick apart characters that coach other characters, give us suggestions because we're totally down for it. It's really interesting to watch Zuko's journey because if he were my client, Christina, I'd start out with like, okay, so what's the goal? Because in a coaching relationship, we work around a project goal. What is it? What's the thing that you actually want to achieve? And my assertion is that for the first book, the first (laughs) series, his goal is actually to catch the avatar. And why he wants to do that is because he wants to bring honor back into his, to his name, to his family. He wants to be loved and accepted by everyone around him. And General Iroh serves as his coach in this first arc by supporting him in that goal. So he's there as his fighting partner. He's there to question him and kind of like um, also check in. Hey, are we catching the avatar? Why are we catching the avatar? What's going on here? And you see that dynamic throughout the whole thing. But I think what's interesting about General Iroh in this one as coach is that even he has moments where he's questioning, he keeps surprising Suko as to what the intention is. Like, why do you want to do this? Why is it so important? Is this really the only way? Yeah. And so going off of this idea of, you know, you start with Zuko, he establishes this goal of catch the avatar so as to reclaim my honor with my family and with my nation. And something that I think Iroh does really well is he has this very clever leaned back way of challenging whether that's a goal that is empowered for Zuko or disempowered. And what I mean by that, and this is really normal, right? Like a lot of us create goals from a place of needing to fix what we feel is wrong. We create weight loss projects because we don't like how we look. We could create relationship projects because we have it wrong that we're single. Rarely do we actually take the time to start with what is a fully empowered, joyful life look like? And from this vision of a fully joyful and empowered life, what do I want to create from here? And so what we see with Iroh is, you know, he gets curious with Zuko, like, hey, what's the, like, what's this honor thing about? Like, so if you had honor, and this would be the question that I would ask Zuko more directly, like, okay, so Zuko, let's say in six months you had your honor. What would that give you? What would that actually mean to you? How does that fulfill your life and the vision that you have for your life? Because what I notice about Zuko is because he's so driven by anger, 
there never seems to be a picture bigger than catch avatar, go home. Like there's never like a catch avatar, go home. So as to become the fire Lord and reform the nation, it's, it's very like minute to minute and like crossing his fingers that it'll work. Yeah. And to your point, Christina, there's this really awesome quote that general Iroh, uh, when he's talking to Zuko, he goes, uh, you must let go of your feelings of shame. If you want your anger to go away, pride is not the opposite of shame, but it's source. So you can see that General Iroh is super present to the anger and the feelings and the shame that Zuko is holding on to. And actually what I would work on with Zuko in that first part is a whole bunch of completion (laughs) because he has, he's carrying all this baggage about how it's gone and he's super attached to how he thinks it should go in the future without really looking at it outside of the baggage without really like looking at it outside of the way that it's gone of the way that the relationships have failed it's really disempowered it's it's just a whole bunch of negative energy yeah and so if we're outlining the coaching journey i would say that the first book of the series is the first arc of a coaching relationship it's you getting really clear on what it is you want and why it is that you want it so then predictably as we enter the second book (laughs) we fall into Zuko's version of what I call quitting season. And <laughs> so for those of you who are like, what, what does that mean? I, anytime a client is getting ready to hire me, I warn them of this stage. Quitting season is the stage where we're no longer hypothetically talking about how nice your goals would be. We're actually asking you to go and create them. And when that happens, many circumstances happen you don't get what you want right away. You fall in love and suddenly the job doesn't matter as much to you. You get sick and you can't work out as hard as you want to. Like life happens and it confronts what you originally said you wanted. And for a lot of people, when they reach that confrontation, they quit, they run away from the coaching. So what's amazing about this next piece is Zuko has his own quitting season because he has a huge identity crisis. (laughs) Mary, do you want to go into what that identity crisis looks like? Yeah. So what happens at the end of book one and beginning of book two is that Zula, who is Zuko's sister and also a prodigy, kind of tricks Zuko and tells him, hey, father forgives you. He loves you. Let's go back. It'll be great. And as they're boarding the ship, he the the guards go oh yeah we're taking the prisoners back and so Zuko and General Iroh know that they've been tricked and that their father his father relates to him as a prisoner as a failure and just wants to lock him up so that creates this identity crisis for Zuko who's like well well what what do I do now if this was my only purpose and that doesn't that's not even going to bring me back that's not going to bring me the honor that I wanted then what's left what from here and you can see that he's really confused like there's a total breakdown in that first goal like catch the avatar now it's like well it doesn't really matter if i bring the avatar or not i'm still going to be considered a failure and you see him spiral down and start this journey of like who am i and what is this past and his relationship you see his relationship to his mother also come up you know so it's a solo journey and he actually leaves general iroh and says I need to go figure this out. 
And that's the quitting thing that Christina was mentioning. It's like, I don't want my coach anymore. I'm just going to go figure this out on my own. I'll be back, perhaps, maybe. Yeah. And I think to Iroh's credit, what he does really well here as Zuko's coach is he actually trusts the process and he trusts Zuko because you see that Iroh sees huge possibility in recreating a life in Bossing Say, recreating a life in the capital of the Earth Kingdom with the new identities and new personas. And even though he encourages Zuko to think about what the new life could look like, he doesn't force it upon him. When Zuko chooses to leave, you can see that Iroh has some disappointment, which I can relate to. Like whenever my clients give up on themselves, I also experience some heartbreak because I know it's possible for them. But he allows Zuko to go off and find meaning for himself. And so when Zuko chooses to return, there's never a sense of like, I told you so, I told you so, uh-uh, I told you so. It's just like, hey, welcome back. I was always ready for you. You know, tell me what you learned and what's next. Yeah. And what's fascinating about that is that you actually see Zuko starting to try something different. Like he actually starts working with General Iroh in the tea shop and starts you know, dating a girl in one of the episodes. And he's really trying this new identity. Like, what does this life look like for me? And you can start him to ask himself questions about what it is that he wants and what brings him joy and what his actual purpose is in all of it. And so, but at the same time, there's still that turmoil between like his past and his calling as the Fire Lord Prince versus this new life that he's trying to create with General Iroh. Yeah, and this is actually, this is one of the first places in the series where I would actually offer quite a bit of training to Iroh. Like if, and I want to be clear, training in the terms of this was actually a coach-client relationship, right? Like ignoring the the uncle-nephew dynamic. If Iroh was truly the coach to Zuko, here's what I would notice. So Zuko comes back, he has a change of heart and he goes, you know what? You're right, uncle. We're lucky to be alive. We can have a fresh start here. This is good for us. And for a lot of coaches, when clients have these epiphany moments or these breakthrough moments, we're like, hooray, we did it. On to the next. And what actually happens, and let me know if you've experienced this as well, Mary, is so often once we have a breakthrough, we also have like a regression period. Like it, it almost feels too good to be true. And so it's even more tempting than usual to go back to the old way or the old pattern. And we see that in the series because the minute Zuko has the opportunity to go and chase after the Avatar again with his sister, he does so and he betrays Iroh. And the quote unquote reward of that is Azula lies to their father and says that Zuko is the one who's ultimately responsible for capturing Aang, even though she is. So complete regression back to the like, yeah, honor is the most important thing. And the training that I would give Iroh in that moment is, hey, listen, it's super great. You brought your client to a breakthrough. How are they going to maintain the change? What's actually going to hold them accountable to this new awareness that they have? Because the thing about new awareness is that it's brilliant, but if you don't attach it to action and accountability, then it was just a cute conversation you had that day. Yeah. And especially like when you're, when anyone is doing something that's totally new and uncomfortable and not what you thought you were going to be doing, it becomes even more scary. So of course, most of us just want to retreat back to what we know. 
back to what's comfortable, even though that comes with a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's so important, like when you get to the, that point, where actually trying something new, that you set all these accountability structures for yourself and some check-ins to make sure that you keep going in that direction, because it's going to feel weird for some time until you get used to that space. And then you keep going through the next breakdown and breakthrough. Yeah. And so fortunately for Iroh, because here's what happens, right? Zuko betrays him. And so in coach speak, Iroh got fired. <laughs> you know, client was like, JK, I do want, I do want to go fix my daddy issues. I'm not interested in transformation. <laughs> Bye-bye. And where the series does some of the work for us is that ultimately Iroh plants enough seeds in Zuko that even when he quote unquote fires Iroh, in the third book, you still see Zuko thinking about what could have been and question, like he at least has the awareness now to question whether his father's approval is the utmost importance to him, whether having good standing and good honor is of the utmost importance to him. And I want to stress how uncommon that is, not to scare people or tell them that they absolutely need to have a coach. But just from experience, when you don't have anyone around you to hold you accountable to the transformation that you desire, it's not super likely that you're just going to remember to do the work anyway. So that's the, that's the movie magic, if you will, of this being a cartoon series. But what's interesting about it, Mary, is I remember when we were prepping for the episode, I texted Mary about this. One of my favorite scenes in book three is, you know, Zuko has this revelation that he doesn't want to be fighting the Avatar anymore, that he wants to help the Avatar and fight with his allies and defeat his father. And as he has this epiphany and he thinks of how to go to Aang and his group, who he's tormented for numerous episodes up until this point, you see him channeling Iroh to try to decide how to talk to them. And it's the funniest thing ever because he's literally like, Zuko... You must find yourself to be yourself, to know yourself, to forget yourself. And he's like, that didn't make any freaking sense. <laughs> and so it's this really cute moment where you see Zuko trying to coach himself by channeling what worked about Iroh, which was the space that he created, the curiosity that he brought, and the wisdom that he brought. Yeah, and Jenner Iroh in this particular scene is played by a toad for two minutes, and which is re really hysterical and hilarious. But I think also what we see in this particular, in book three, is that Zuko does go to General Iroh when he's imprisoned, and you can see him saying, hey, I need your help. I'm so confused. I need advice. And I think one of the things that I loved about General Iroh in this moment, like that I thought was coaching brilliance, is that General Iroh actually doesn't say anything. And he just lets Zuko sit with it, which is a way, it's a, it's a thing that we do in coaching because it then leaves Zuko to fight himself. Because General Iroh Curtis said, I told you so. Yeah, of course, this is the advice. But then the awareness for Zuko is not there. It doesn't connect. But once you leave your client to actually sit with it, to actually confront themselves in whatever is coming up for them, it's an opportunity for learning and growth and to get to actually get to that next breakthrough and that next step. Yeah. And that lends itself to this really beautiful moment where, um, so quick spoiler alert, 
While Zuko is going along with Aang and learning how to fight with the Avatar, Iroh breaks out of prison, gets super buff, joins the White Lotus, and becomes, you know, part of the underground network that's going to overthrow the Fire Lord. And the reason I mention all this is because here's the thing about coaching. You root for your clients, you want them to succeed, but it's not your job to be disappointed in them. It's not your job to be so attached that you think you know better than them. And I think another place where you see Iroh being a great coach is when he and Zuko are inevitably reunited, Zuko offers him, it's like one of my favorite moments in the series because Zuko offers him this true heartfelt, teary-eyed apology for failing him and disappointing him and how he's learned. And in return, Iroh just hugs him. He doesn't go, yeah, you were a fuck up, but you've redeemed yourself. He doesn't go, you know, thanks for doing the right thing. He just affirms like, Zuko, I I always knew you'd come back to yourself, which is so powerful because it's so outside of this is what's right for you and this is what's wrong for you. And it's ultimately about what Iroh's stand has been for Zuko all along, which is that Zuko be true to himself. Yeah, so we definitely see how at the end, Zuko makes an empowered choice. And you know that it's empowered because he's gone through this journey of having to get to this moment where he's like, based on all the awarenesses, everything I've learned, everyone I've talked to, all the experiences I've had, this is what serves me. This is what I need in this moment. And it totally shifts because once he actually makes that choice, you can see how other how other doors open up as a result. You can see the empowerment in his relationships with his friendships, with his family. You can see like where his his future is going as future Fire Lord. So it's it's great that we get to that final arc and then how General Iroh still as coach stands with him and says, yeah, you know, we're, fi- we're finally here, which is, which is beautiful because that's what you want in a coaching, in any coaching relationship. Yeah, and... You know, so going back to this idea of where we create our goals from, like, let's compare things for a second. Let's say Zuko succeeded with this first goal of capture the avatar, reclaim his honor. What we saw, at least from Azula lying for him, is that this is what became possible in his life from that place, being back in the Fire Nation, period. What became possible when Zuko looked bigger then fixing the problem of his standing with his nation is not only did he take on what it, what was required of him to become the fire Lord, but he did it being true to himself and knowing who his true self is ending a war that has lasted generations and suffering, bringing unity and balance to the planet and doing so with lifelong comrades that he didn't have before this adventure like actually being able to also be a teenager with friends and comrades and companions. So I'd say uh, goals from empowered places uh, tend to yield slightly more abundant results than goals from disempowered places. Yeah, and I'd like to add that one of the other things about General Iroh that I just love throughout the whole series is that he keeps his focus on Zuko. You know, throughout the whole thing, it's not about General Iroh at all. Like we only see like, really small glimpses of how General Iroh got to be to where he is today. And you can tell that he went through a lot of grief and a lot of personal loss in order to access a different level of kindness and connection to people. 
And that becomes like in one of the smaller episodes, you can see how, you know, he he's getting mugged. <laughs> he's getting mugged in Basing Se. And I don't remember if you remember this particular moment, but he um he notices that the guy who's mugging him has a really awful stance. <laughs> and he's like, You're never gonna mug me with that awful stance. So he actually helps him and in that process starts coaching his mugger as to what, you know, he's like, you're not really a mugger. So what's going on? And finds out that the guy actually wants to do something totally different. Like you think he wants to become a masseuse. But that's the kind of level and presence that General Iroh has. And it's because he's not focused on himself. He's actually super focused on his client in that moment, whoever his client may be. And we have these glimpses of him working with like Toph in some cases and just providing brilliance wherever he goes. Oh my God, Toph and Iroh is probably one of my favorite unexpected mm-hmm. friendships in the entire series. Um, but going back to like really remember, like memorable General Iroh quotes, for me, one of my favorites has got to be, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not. And it, there's so much to unpack in that, but I think what's really perfect about it is it embodies Iroh's coaching presence, which is ultimately like this time like the time that is passing, it is your life, period. And you might choose to take it on on purpose, or you might choose to lean back and watch. But either way, this is the time that you get. And I have to say, my only complaint about the series is I wish that like they could do, even if it was like a comic or something, but I'd love to see Iroh's own transformation Because what we know about him is that he used to be a fierce, ruthless, relentless general on the battlefield. And the event that ultimately triggered a change for him was the loss of his son in battle. And so we know that he went from fierce dragon to grieving father to inevitably this beloved coaching figure that we adore. But I wish you could go back and see what happened between the grieving and the Iroh that we meet at the beginning of the series that ultimately has him take on this spiritual, trusting, patient persona that I just resonate with so much. And, you know, Christina, I thought about that too, because uh, the moment in Boston say when we actually got him to see him, he's like singing a song in this one particular episode. And towards the end, we see him at the grave site and it's his son's birthday. And he's singing the song and he starts to break down and he's actually crying. And when I saw him in that moment, like I connected to him at a different level because my assertion from that, my takeaway from that was that the grief was actually an access point to kindness for him. Like that loss, that experience actually led him to like open up to kindness and love in a different way than he had and realize what was important and what really wasn't important. You know, I think that's a perfect place to begin to wrap things up, Mary, which is the notion of can you be with life with kindness and with patience, no matter how perfect or imperfect it is? And can you choose to create it from how you see it for yourself? And so with that, we are closing in on time because we could passionately talk about any of the characters in these series for roughly six more hours. So consider that a call to action, folks. If you're really bummed that we didn't talk about Sokka or Toph or any of the gang or, you know, whatever the case may be, let us know which characters we should cover next. And similarly, if you love this format of us looking at coaching relationships in anime, 
let us know which series we should tackle next because there are other natural born coaches in anime. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I think our fourth episode, we actually name a couple of them. So go back and listen to that one. Yeah. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Please follow us on Instagram. Leave us an email, comments, likes. We are here for you. So thanks so much for listening to this episode and we'll tune in next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.